And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction of prepositions, a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Ness attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. And comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, William Conrad stars as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon on a gritty adult western adventure of Gunsmoke from 1956. Then it's part one of a comedy installment of Faber, McGee, and Molly from 1940 starring Jim and Marion Jordan. With me to help present these radio classics is my co-host, the hostess with the mostest and the mostest dimples, Lisa Wolf. What's up, I, Lisa? I'll take it. How are you, I'm Carl? I'm good. Good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you. Did I see you on the last show, too? You or did. Was that you, or it did you was, send in your it twin? It was still me. All right. Yeah, unfortunately, so, I don't have one of those. No. Uh, no. Fortunately for the world, you exactly. don't. Exactly. Yeah. One is enough. Yeah. They broke sure. the mold. You oh, know? yes. They absolutely broke the well, mold. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. So what's happening in Hollywood? So uh, Saturday Night Live has announced the first host of the 42nd season. Uh, the first host of the 42nd season. Which will premiere season. on October 1st. Hmm. Ah, is it a guy or a girl? I don't think that you will guess her. Oh, no. I probably. don't think she's somebody that I would have guessed. And it's not who everybody predicted would be the host. Okay. So it's Margot Robbie. Oh, Margot Robbie. I know. Would you date I her? I date her, yeah. Okay, there Absolutely. you go. Absolutely. Um, and she's single, too, I'm pretty sure. I think I think yeah. she she is. She yeah. is beautiful. She oh. is talented. And Hello. this will be her first time hosting Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I'll be the, watching. Believe oh, me. yes. The musical. I know, I know that. The musical guest is the Weekend, whose latest album Starboy hits the stores I don't in November. Really care about music. Okay, just, I just Margot Robbie. Watch Margot Robbie. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. So there will be three new cast members this season oh. in Saturday Night Live. We've got uh, Mikey Day. He was a writer and he's moved uh, over yeah. to actually being a cast member. And two comedians, Alex Moffat and Melissa Villa Senor. Ah, Villa Senor. Exactly. Okay, I'm guessing she's Spanish or uh, some exotic. You know, Brazilian or something well, like that. Well, I'm sure she's very funny. Yeah. And uh, many assumed that Kristen Wiig would be brought back to uh, host after the release of Ghostbusters from oh, the summer, right, yeah. which would have made perfect sense. But yeah. she did not get asked. No? But I'm sure Margot Robbie is thrilled. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I won't we can miss look forward that. To that. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Thank you, Lisa Thank Wolf. Thank you, Carla Mar. All right. So uh, before we get into Gunsmoke, I want to talk for a few minutes about this magazine called Remind, which I'm writing an article about every issue. And my article is about the golden age of radio. And, and it's, I have uh, to say, you did a great job, surprisingly excellent. Wow. And I look forward to your uh, article for October as well. Thank you. My article is called Radio 360. And in the September issue of Remind magazine, my article is about Bob Hope his comedy 
because it hit the mark with soldiers and presidents. It was all, you know, he used to he used to have uh, political friends, you know, whose presidents and and all governors were his friends and things, and so he could get away with uh, ribbing the politicians. And so this issue was about politics. So I wrote about uh, Bob Hope. Now next month it's about sci-fi. So I wrote about the War of the Worlds. And then the following month, it's about couples, so I wrote about Ozzy and Harriet. But I've written some past ones um, about, let's see, I did one on Cary Grant. I did one on Nick and Nora Charles, the thin man. So I do something every single month for Remind Magazine. But not only is this a terrific magazine, and it's really all about blasts from the past. It's it's really uh, a magazine about America's uh, blasts from the past. But each month, Remind focuses on pop culture themes and places in time from the 1950s through the 1980s. It covers such wide spectrums of topics, uh, like a single issue could feature both Marilyn Monroe and Marilyn Manson. You know, but um, they have a special for all of our listeners across the country. So everybody listening to my voice right now, you can buy and get a subscription to Remind Magazine for about 60% off the newsstand price. Now, you can get this at Barnes & Noble across the country, and you'll pay the newsstand price. But you can go online because I write for the magazine. They have a special for all of our listeners. You go to remindmagazine.com, and you can purchase this uh, subscription for about 60% less than the newsstand price. So, I mean, that's a great savings, and it's a terrific offer from Remind Magazine. But they they have all kinds of, uh, of articles about Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin, Robert Wagner, I mean, Farrah Fawcett. I mean, you know, all these famous people that remember that we remember, of course. And it's a it's a great it's a, and I know you like it you get it too. So. I do. There are games and trivia questions yeah. and crossword puzzles and it really is a lot of fun and something I think our listeners, knowing that they appreciate classic radio, would actually appreciate as well. Yeah, and then they, they even have like uh, article. I mean, not articles, but they have uh, well, they have articles obviously, but they have um, ads. You know that we we remember like palm olive dishwashing liquid and you know just these ads that are not around anymore today yeah, that we ads. remember. Like look at this ad for a 1949 Ford on the back uh, cover of the September issue. Look at that ad for Ford. How cool is yeah, that? Yeah, it's gorgeous. So too bad this isn't television for people. Right. But do subscribe to Remind Magazine. I think you'll absolutely love it. In this issue, there's a whole thing about Ronald Reagan. And on the cover, of course, uh, there's Kennedy there. And it's all about talking politics, candidates, scandals, elections, and much more from years past. So check out Remind Magazine. Go to the newsstand and get it at Barnes & Noble. Or go online and save about 60% off by going to RemindMagazine.com. All right, Lisa, it's time now for Gun Smoke. In the late 1940s, CBS chairman William S. Paley, a fan of the Adventures of Philip Marlowe radio series, asked his programming chief, Hubble Robinson, to develop a hard-boiled Western series, sort of a 
Philip Marlowe of the Old West, and Gunsmoke was born. Norman McDonnell and John Meston took control and created a radio western for adults in stark contrast to prevailing juvenile shows such as The Lone Ranger, Hopalong Cassidy, and The Roy Rogers Show. Gunsmoke was set in Dodge City, Kansas during the turbulent cattle days of the 1870s. The show drew critical acclaim for its unprecedented realism and attention to detail. Gunsmoke premiered in 1952 and starred William Conrad as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon. Howard McNear was Doc Adams. Georgia Ellis was saloon girl Kitty Russell. And Harley Bear was Dillon's deputy, Chester Proudfoot. Conrad portrayed Dillon as a lonely, isolated man toughened by a hard life. An instant hit with radio fans, CBS quickly adapted Gunsmoke for television. Conrad and the other radio actors were given auditions, but an entirely new group of actors were cast in the video version, which premiered in 1955. On TV, James Arness played Marshal Matt Dillon, Dennis Weaver was Chester, Amanda Blake was Kitty, and Milburn Stone was Doc Adams. All right, it's time now for a terrific radio western on Gunsmoke. This is called Passive Resistance. It's from July 8, 1956. Here's part one of William Conrad as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad, the transcribed story of the violence that moved West with young America, and the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. This is close enough. Let's leave the horses here, boys. Okay. Don't forget your rifle. Yeah, I got it. Yes. That's him over by the corral. Looks like he's alone, all right. He's alone. Who else could stand being around them stinking sheep? Must be something awful wrong with a man like that, Joe. There is. We're gonna set it right. Watch him now. I don't see he's wearing a gun. Probably got one hit out nearby. Hello? Your name Gideon Seek? It is. He's your sheep? Yeah. You got anybody helping you? I always work alone. I notice you ain't wearing a gun, Seek. I don't even own a gun. You don't? I don't believe in killing. Well, we do. Most men do. Seek, this is cow country. You know what that means? Oh. It's my sheep. We gotta make an example of you. Other people might get ideas if we don't. Pretty soon the country'd turn white with them willies. But I only have a few. Only 24 of them. There's 24 too many. 
We're going to kill them, Sick. We're going to shoot every one of them. Oh, no. You go run into the law, we'll come back and shoot you. But you can't kill them. Try to stop us, we'll have to hit you on the head. I won't do anything. He's too scared, Cal. Come on, let's get to work. Oh, please. Please, don't kill those animals. You just stand right there. Be keeping one eye on you. You start that end, boys. I'll start here. Okay. But you mustn't do it. You'll have a lot of meat left if you eat sheep meat. I don't eat any kind of meat, but you mustn't kill them. Shut up. Let's get it done, boys. I'm ready. Go ahead, then. Stand back, Steve. No. You sure Chester's going to bring my mail back to you? Well, he said he would. But Doc. where is he? The Santa Fe pulled in two hours ago. Well, they have to sort it, don't they? What are you so anxious about, anyway? You expecting a lot of money or something? I could use a little money. Oh, and there's a man who owes me $20. Oh, who? Gideon Seek. He's just getting off his wagon there. Well, Gideon's an honest man. He'll pay you. Oh, I know that. I'm not worried about him. Good morning, Doc. Marshal, Morning, Gideon. How are you? Doc, I got bad news for you. Oh? I'd meant to bring in some sheep today, and I was going to pay you when I sold them. Oh, well, I can wait, Gideon. Well, I'm afraid it'll be a long time now, Doc. Oh, that's all right. Something happened, Gideon? I lost my sheep, Marshal. You lost them? I'm going to get some more as soon as I can, and, and I'll pay you, Doc. Now... You know I'll pay you. Oh, of course I do. Well, goodbye. So long, Gideon. Oh, say. But how could a man lose all his sheep, man? I don't know, Doc. But I got to ride out that way in a couple of days. I'll stop by and have a look. See old Gideon nowhere's around, Mr. Jones. He's probably in the shed, Chester. Mm. What's that big pile of dirt he's got out there? I don't know. Maybe he's digging a well. Oh, no, no. That's too much dirt for a well. No? Well, then ask him what it is. Well, hello, Gideon. Hello, Chester. Marshal. Get in. Would you come inside? Ah, uh, no, thanks, Gideon. We were just riding by. <laughs> Chester was wondering what you're digging out there. Oh. Well, uh, that's a grave. A grave? My sheep were buried there. Well, what happened, Gideon? They got killed. How? It doesn't matter, Marshal. I'm going to get some more when I can. Who did it, Gideon? Tell me. A couple of men. They shot them. They shot all your sheep? Yeah, it's no use asking me their names. I won't tell you. Don't you want them caught? No. Look, Gideon, I know you're a peaceful man and that you never carry a gun and all, but this is a matter for the law. Now, you tell me who did it so I can go after him. No, I can't. Why not? I don't believe in killing, Marshal. I didn't say I was going to kill him. They killed your sheep, didn't they? You don't understand. Then you better tell us. 
I don't believe in killing for any reason, even for food. And I don't believe in trying to resist evil. What do you mean by that? Well, if a man strikes me, I don't strike back. But don't you believe in defending yourself? The men who killed my sheep will be punished. Hey, well, if I find them... No, Marshal. Their own conscience will punish them. Look, Gideon, you've got a right to think any way you want to think. But so have I. And I'm a lawman. I'm sorry, Marshal, but I can't help you. Those men aren't through with you yet. You get more sheep on here and they'll be back, and the next time they probably won't stop just with a sheep. I'll win in the end, Marshal. You're awful stubborn, aren't you? No more than you are. All right, Gideon. It's your funeral. Come on, Chester. Matt, I didn't see you. <laughs> you weren't looking for me. <laughs> well, did you find something in that window to blow your money on? Now you talk like I'm a cowboy in with six months' pay. <laughs> I know better than that. Well, you don't act like it. I was only looking at those wool gloves, Matt. No? Hmm? Oh, those would be nice come winter. Yeah. Uh, by the way, anything new with Gideon? Well, I haven't seen him since I was out there a couple of weeks ago. He interests me, that man. Yeah, me too. He's not fighting back and all. Maybe he's got something, Matt. He hasn't got his sheep. No. But he didn't get killed, either. If he'd tried to put up a fight, they'd probably shot him. They're still free to do it, whoever they are. Well, maybe you're right. But at least Gideon's ideas are some different from anybody else's around here. Yeah, well, that's true for sure. And it isn't wrong just because it's different. No. Think about it, Matt. There can't be a fight unless both parties want it, can there? Hey, Kitty, look. Hmm? Getting off that horse, sir. Oh, it's Gideon. First time I ever saw him without his wagon. Yeah. He's going in to see Mr. Jonas. Maybe he's going to buy a new one. Maybe. Um, Kitty, I think I'll go say hello. Oh, sure, Matt. I gotta get back to work anyway. Yeah, I'll stop by later on, huh? Good. It's asking a lot of you to trust me, Mr. Jonas. Things going the way they are. Yeah, there ain't many men I trust, Gideon, but you're one of them. Oh, hello, Marshal. Mr. Jonas. How are you, Gideon? Hello, Marshal. Hear what happened, Marshal? Have you told him yet, Gideon? Oh, it's not important. Not important? His house burned down, that's all. Oh? And his wagon along with it. I'm going to rebuild. Mr. Jonas told me yesterday that he's going to put me on the books for enough material to get started. Well, that's mighty good of him. Oh, glad to do it. Hard-working, honest fellow like Gideon. Must have been a pretty big fire, Gideon. Yes, it was. I mean, to burn your wagon up, too. I got an old wagon out back he can use. Uh, you wait here now. I'll go see just how much material I got on hand. I'll get in. Well, what, Marshal? So they came back and burned your house down, huh? All right, they did. But I'm still not going to tell you who they are. They must want you out pretty bad, Gideon. But I'm staying. 
They'll kill you next. It's no use arguing, Marshal. Hell, it beats me. I don't know what to do. Well, just don't do anything, Marshal. Like you, huh? They can't win. They're doing pretty well so far, Gideon. I can't beat it out of you, but I sure hate to stand by and watch a man let himself be destroyed. I guess we'll never understand each other, Marshal. No, I guess not. And that's the first portion of Gunsmoke with Passive Resistance from July 8th, 1956, starring William Conrad. We'll have the conclusion after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to hollywood 360 Radio. And receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360Radio.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. And to my left, the vivacious, effervescent, and very dimpled Lisa Wolf. And then to my right, the very tall, handsome, and karate expert, Mike Gastella. Don't mess with Mike. He'll kick your butt. Listen, everybody's taller on the radio, right? Yeah, I know, except for me. No, no, you are too. I have my, uh, but I've got my platform shoes, so it's fine. Yeah. I can stand up next. In the pictures, I just put the platform shoes on. I do like Alan Ladd. Yeah, I stand on a box. Um, So uh, I want to tell all of our listeners uh, about our Cat's Pride promotion. Okay, Lisa, can you do that? Yes. Save my vocal cords? Yes, a lot of Carl time. Every single month we have this promotion with Dan Jaffe, who is the CEO of Cat's Pride, and they make the world's finest kitty litter. So what we were hoping that you do is take a picture of you and your cat or just your cat and send it in to catspridephoto at gmail.com. You will automatically be entered to win an entire year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter. All we need is your name, your cat's name, your city and state. And at the end of every single month, we will draw one lucky winner to win that entire year's supply of Cat's Pride and it could be you. Right, and we post the pictures. Now, if you don't want us to post the pictures, let us know. But we do post them on our Facebook page, right? Right. All the great pictures. I mean, there's some terrific pictures that come in. There's some great cats cats. and some very deserving families who could really benefit from this year's supply of Cats Pride Kitty Litter. Right. I mean, so Dan Jaffe will be coming in here at the end of the month, and he will pick another name randomly. We just take all of the uh, pictures, put them in a hat, 
and then he draws out a picture and gives away a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter. So do take a picture of your kitty cat. Send it in to us here at catspridephoto at gmail.com. And if you don't win this month, send it in next month. Yeah. And keep sending them in until absolutely. you win. No, absolutely keep sending them in for sure. Tenaciousness. There's, uh, or tenacity. Yeah, one tenacity, or the other. tenaciousness, persistence, perseverance. <laughs> Is it perseverance? No, it's no. perseverance. Yeah. Perseverance. I even caught myself there. That's okay. All right, it's time now for the conclusion of Gunsmoke with Passive Resistance from July 8th, 1956. Signed, Matt yeah, Chester. You better come outside. Oh, what's the matter? Well, there's a wagon out there, and Gideon Sheets in it. He must be hurt bad. What? There it is. I seen it coming down the street. But there was nobody driving, so I tied the horse up at the rail. Well, what happened to Gideon? I don't know. I couldn't see too good in the dark and all, so I come to get you before trying to do anything. Huh. He's been shot, Chester. He's still alive? Yeah, but we better get him up to docks. Come on, give me a hand here. All right. Do you think we can ride out and find where it happened? Maybe track him down? What, at night in the rain? Well, maybe now he'll tell us who done it. I doubt it, even if he lives. He sure does make it hard for the law, doesn't he? Yeah, he sure does. Hello, Kitty. Hello, Matt. Uh, draw me a beer, will you, Sam? Come in here. How's Gideon seek today, Matt? Uh, Doc says he'll be all right in time. But he still won't talk? Oh, he talks, all right. I just don't understand him, that's all. Well, I guess you're just going to have to let him have his way, Matt. Here's your beer, Mark. Oh, thanks, sir. Bartender, bring me another bottle, will you? Oh, another bottle. He sure needs that. Yeah, he's pretty drunk, isn't he? Uh, he ought to be. Sam says he's been here since morning. He doesn't look like he's going to make any trouble, though. Well, I'm not so sure. He's been drinking like he's awful mad at something. Kitty. Huh? Who's that who just came in? Oh, I don't know. I knew I'd find you, Boyle. You had to come in and get drunk, didn't you? You just leave me alone. <laughs> What'd you run off to? What's the matter with you? I told you what's the matter, and I'll leave me alone. You ain't quitting now. I'm through, I told you. I mean it. I can't stand it no more. I start something, I finish it, and I told you this morning I heard it ain't finished yet. I don't even like to be around you, Kel. You make me ashamed of myself. You listen. My horse is down the street. I'm a time next to yours, and then I'm coming back here for you. And you're going with me if I have to carry it. What do you suppose that's all about, Matt? I don't know. But I think I'll find out. Excuse me, Kitty. Hello, Boyles. Oh, you're the marshal, ain't you? Yeah. 
What's bothering you? Plenty. But it ain't none of your business. What did you do to make you so ashamed of yourself? Nothing. nothing. You're a cattleman, aren't you? I'm proud to be one. I sure ain't no stinking sheep herder, no lousy sheep herder. No, and I don't think you're a coward either. What? But you're feeling like one. That's why you're ashamed of yourself. It's kind of hard to beat down a man who won't fight back, isn't it? How'd you find out, Marshal? From you, I guess. We ain't dead. Kel heard about that this morning, but I ain't going on with it. I'm through. I can't stand it no more. You finish your drink, Foils. I'll be back directly. Where are you going, Mr. Dillon? Wait right here, Chester. I may need you. Yes, sir. Well, what do you want, Marshal? I've been talking to your partner, Kel. What? Kind of broken him down, what you two have been doing lately. What are you saying? It's made him ashamed. Now, you heard him. He can't stand it anymore. This Voiles you're talking about, he's drunk. He always gets to feeling sorry for himself when he's drunk. Uh-huh. You shot a man last night, Kel. You left him for dead. You better be ready to back that up, Marshal. I'm ready. All right, you can have Voiles. He won't fight. But you ain't taking me. You think I'm going to let you ride out of here? Enough talk, Marshal. Is he dead, Mr. Dillon? He's dead, Chester. But what happened? Who is he? There's a man at the bar of the Long Branch. His name's Voiles. He's drunk. Go lock him up. Boyles? Who's he? It's like Gideon said, Chester. Boyles punished himself. And he was wrong about Kel here. I had to do that. So I guess we were both right. <laughs> When frontier settlers cleared their land, they left the brush piled around their place and earned the name Nestor, because from a distance it looked like a big old bird's nest. And that was the West. Good night. Gunsmoke, produced and directed by Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Our story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Bill James. Featured in the cast were Ralph Moody, John Daner, Harry Bartell, and Jack Moyles. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. And that's Gunsmoke, 
from July 8, 1956, with Passive Resistance, starring William Conrad. Now, in the cast, a terrific cast, Howard McNear, Ralph Moody, John Daner, Harry Bartell, Jack Moyles, Georgia Ellis, and Parley Bear, with George Walsh announcing. Now, that was sponsored by Chesterfield and L&M Cigarettes, but we removed the cigarette commercials because we don't want you to smoke. It's heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed Gunsmoke. All right, it's time now to go back to 79 Wistful Vista and meet up with Jim and Marion Jordan, better known as Fibber McGee and Molly. And a great cast in this, including Harold Perry as Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. And that was the first spinoff show, Lisa. Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve was such a popular character on Fibber McGee and Molly that um, NBC said, you know what? We have a sponsor, Kraft Foods. They want you to have your own show. Let's spin this off into its own program. And voila, there was uh, the great Gildersleeve on the air. But let's go back to a time before that, a whole year before that happened, 1940. January 23rd, to be exact, for part one of the radio station on Fibber McGee and Molly. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Johnson Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly with Jimmy Shields, Bill Thompson, Harlow Wilcox, gee, thanks, and Billy Mills Orchestra. Did you ever take a tour through a modern broadcasting studio? It's a wonderful experience, and here's your chance to do it. At the Wistful Vista Broadcasting Company studio, where the guide is about to conduct a regular half-hour tour. And here, among the milling sightseers, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. Oh, come on, Molly, let's go home. I'm getting tired waiting around here. No, sir, I've wanted to take one of these studio tours for a long time, dearie. They say it's very educational. Well, okay. After all, radio's been buttoned into our home for 20 years. It's about time we return the call. (laughs) All right, folks, please form a line and follow me. I'll explain things to you as we go along. Follow me, please. What's all this machinery in here, bud? Is this where they wind Winchell up every Sunday night? McGee, don't be so fresh. Oh, well, I... This, ladies and gentlemen, is our sound effects department. This room contains every possible sound effect. Yeah, that pardon it... me, please, Mr. Guide. There's one sound effect I've often wondered about. Uh, yes, madam? Uh, well, uh, for instance, on that Johnson Wax program, my stars, how do they get the effect of all those people laughing at Fibber McGee's jokes? <laughs> Madam, there are still some things about radio that baffle the experts. (laughs) Now, do you all see this large rubber ball? What do you use that for, bud? Sound effect of a bouncing baby? (laughs) Oh, I wasn't talking to you. Quiet. This rubber ball, ladies and gentlemen, is used, surprisingly enough, for the effect of an explosion. Well, can you imagine that? It is made of very thin rubber and filled with small pebbles. When shaken and held up to the microphone, it produces a loud explosive sound. Let me show you. Now, let us continue the tour, please. And this is our Studio J. 
It has an audience seating capacity of 350. Uh, this way, please. <laughs> Studio K. It seats 325. <laughs> Studio L seats 300. You're out of step, bud. <laughs> That's you, dearie. Studio M, seats 350. <laughs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, completes the tour. Are there any questions? Yeah, I got a question, bud. Uh, yes, sir. What is it, sir? How do they get all them little pebbles into that rubber ball? Well, what'd you think of the studio tour, Molly? Oh, wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, but do you think they have a sound effect for falling arches? Yeah. <laughs> My feet are killing me. Yeah. Mine, too. <laughs> Wonder why they don't let the tourists ride around on them killer cycles they're always bragging about. <laughs> here, sit down on this bench here a while, Molly. Ah, heavenly days. Yeah. If that guide had showed us only 42 more studios, I'd have gone back to that rubber ball and blown the place up. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, hello there, Johnny. Hello, daughter. What you doing? Arresting. We were just uh, taking a studio tour. Eh? We were kind of disappointed on not seeing any radio stars, old-timer. Molly thought if she could only make a grab at Jack Benny's ostrich, it would be quite a feather in her hat. <laughs> 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 That's pretty awful, Johnny <laughs> That ain't the way I heard it The way I heard it, one feller says to t'other feller See, says I see where Mae West just finished making another movie Yep, says t'other feller I sure want to see that She's number one on my hips parade <laughs> Well, I gotta skip along my boy, Rance, wants to borrow 50 bucks to finish up a secretarial course. Must be learning the touch system. <laughs> so long, kid. Imagine that old twerp. He's just a feeble old squirt from the fountain of youth. <laughs> ah, well, come on. Let's go home. Okay. I'm... I'll be so tired in the morning, I'll have to do the dishes in bed. <laughs> Oh, McGee, look, there's Mr. Gildersleeve. Who, oh, hi, Gildy, old man. Hello. Oh, what's wrong, Mr. Gildersleeve? Why, cheer up, Throcky, old rutabagger. You still got plenty of time to do your Christmas shopping. <laughs> Stop it, McGee, please. I'm in no mood for that sort of thing. Okay, I'll quit. Oh, I'm in a terrible mess, McGee, terrible. Well, if this was 15 years ago, I'd think your home brew had exploded. <laughs> what is it, Mr. Gildersleeve? Now, look, Gildersleeve. Personally, I don't know why I should want to help you. You hate my, uh... And I don't like yours either. <laughs> but I'll help you if I can, McGee, you're so full of balloon juice, you ought to travel around with a ground crew. <laughs> So. But I've simply got to talk to somebody. My, my, it's nice to have you boys on such friendly terms again. What's the trouble, Mr. Gildersleeve? Well, as you know, I am the manufacturer of Gildersleeve's Girlish Girdles. <laughs> yes? Now, here's what happened. Yeah? I decided to go on the radio with my advertising, so I contracted for a half hour on the air. Oh, how marvelous. Oh, that's quite a contraction, Throcky. Uh, what kind of show you got? 
I haven't got a show. What? That's what's the trouble. In exactly 20 minutes, Gildersleeve's girlish girdles go on the air. And I haven't any program. Oh. And all because the union won't let my wife sing. <laughs> Gildersleeve, there must be a power watching over you to meet me at a time like this. What you mean, McGee? Well, now that you've laid an egg, I'm going to save your bacon. <laughs> I've got a great idea for a radio program, brand new. But what do you know about radio broadcasting, McGee? Who, me? Why, shucks, Gildersleeve. I've been interested in radio ever since I was knob high to a door slam. <laughs> Why, even as a little tyke, I studied broadcasting because I simply loved to work at a microphone. For the love of Mike McGee, I was known as an MD. <laughs> For the love of Mike McGee, the mastermind who made Marconi's mysterious megacycle machine a modern miracle of music, merriment and melodrama for miscellaneous multitudes, monarch of melody whose melancholy murmuring of Mother McCree and McCushla melted the mascara on milkmaids in Milwaukee, mere maids in the Mediterranean, and milady's maids in Manhattan, and mercy me, the magic manipulator of the mandolin, memorizing a mass of melodic manuscripts from the mountain music for old Matilde to let me solve your problem, Gildy. <laughs> That's the first portion of Fibber, McGee, and Molly from January 23rd, 1940, with the radio station starring Jim and Marianne Jordan, with Hal Perry as Throck Morton P. Gildersleeve is heard on NBC. Let's take a break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, up. Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, theory is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com. And receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's the conclusion to Fibber McGee and Molly from 1940. Then, a good mystery on Dark Fantasy from 1942. Mike, Lisa, and I will see you next time. <laughs> 